it is time for the three favorite words in Blue Water Baptist history. It's catechism time. No need to be polite. <laughs> okay, uh, it's catechism time um, for people who may be new. It's a question and answer form of teaching. It's been around for like a couple thousand years, and we're just kind of like not trying anything new. And what we're using it for is to develop a Christian worldview. Everybody has a worldview. You can see in our culture around us that um, everybody is pushing a particular understanding of reality, and everybody is catechizing people in their worldview. We see this all the time in the world. You watch the media, you watch entertainment industry, you watch whatever you want. There are certain phrases and ideas that are pushed over and over again. They are catechizing you, and we are doing the same, but from a Christian perspective. So today, question six, sorry, eight, I can't see. Uh, Question eight. How many persons are there in the Godhead? Answer, there are three persons in the Godhead, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. These three are one God, the same in essence, equal in power and glory. And this is probably the understanding of God that is most looked at with a puzzled face in the world around us. But we're going to see over the next few weeks that You cannot avoid the concept of Trinity. In fact, every culture has attempted to answer the whole question of unity and diversity. Every Marxist culture, every totalitarian culture, everybody who who gives in to anarchy, and any culture that was founded upon the Christian faith all have earmarks of how they answer ultimately the question of unity and diversity, which we're going to get to in three weeks. So... You cannot avoid this impact. And, and in, three, in a couple of weeks, we'll look at headlines out of the news that you will remember, and you will see exactly how people have tried to, to work out the implications of the doctrine of the Trinity in reality. So, a little bit of church history. Uh, the church, um, there's been a history of really hotly debated heresies over the years that influenced dramatically cultures. And um, this is one of them. And there was a lot at the time that the Council of Nicaea in 325 was convened by the Emperor Constantine. There were three major views of what God was like. There was the Trinitarian view, which Constantine held. There was um, the origin view, which said that the Son was deity, but a lesser version of deity than the Father. And there was the Arian view, is that Jesus was a created being. Now, we think, wow, like, big deal? It was a huge deal. If you were to go into the market in Constantinople and pretty much anywhere in the Christian empire, you go up to a market and, and buy something, you're going to get into discussion on whether the Spirit proceeded from the Father and the Son or not. Like, it was unbelievable. We live in a culture where everybody's completely um, ignores Um, the influence of Christianity. In times of history, this was a big deal, right down to the marketplace. Um, I want to tell the story about the death of Arius, but I don't have time, (laughs) because that happened in the marketplace. Anyway, so um, 
So what is the definition of the Trinity? The one we're going to work with is within the one being that is God, there, are, there exists eternally three coexistent and co-eternal persons, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So there's three foundations to biblical Trinitarianism. Foundation one, there is one God. Foundation two, um, there are three persons. And foundation three, these persons are co-equal and co-eternal. Now, this is really tough to cram into five minutes. Okay, let's go to the next slide. The next slide is what I have called, I'm not sure what I'm going to call it. I think I'm going to call it the Trinitarian Heresy Triangle. That's a catchy word. The THT. So let's explain how this works. So at first glance, you think, what in the world are you doing, Christopher? But if you have those three green um, bolded ideas, those are the important, those are foundation, right? One God, um, co-eternal persons, co-eternal, co-equal. Um, and that the points are heresies. So the way it works is, let's say that... Uh, you err on monotheism. It points upwards um, to polytheism. If you mess this up, you end up with polytheism, more than one God. Get it? If I mess up the equality of the persons, I end up with subordinationism. And when I talked about at the Council of Nicaea, those people that said there was a varying degrees of deity between the Father and the Son, and Arius who said that Jesus was created, that's subordinationism. And if you say there's not three persons, you end up with modalism. Modalism is the idea that there's only one God, and it's just the way he presents himself is Father, Son, and Spirit. So, like, if you are any familiar at all with some of the denominations in the world, um, oneness Pentecostals, United Pentecostals, they're modalists, for example. Subordinationists. And, and any the way I got the fancy color variation is because they all varying degrees point in that direction. So in our day and age... Um, Subordinationists show up at your door sometime. Jehovah Witnesses, right? That's a version of subordinationism. Um, they're Arians, is another word for it. Okay, so let's keep moving because I'm already out of my time. Okay, so what are we saying then? How do we distinguish then these three persons? The three persons of the Trinity are distinguished based on their relationships. So when you look at the Father, biblically we can say the, the Father is self-existent. He is unbegotten, to use the language of the Nicene Creed. The Nicene Creed appears in our book, that red book. Everybody has? You know the red book? What's it called again? Foundations, stuff. The Son is distinguished because he is begotten, is the terminology used. He's, um, he is um, the his relationship with the Father is he submits to the Father in terms of his being. And then, and, and that's a sketchy saying, uh, Pastor Tim and I have a phrase, we call it the Wilson rule, that anytime two people talk about the Trinity, eventually one of them starts saying heresies. <laughs> um, I hope I didn't say one right there. Um, and then the Spirit is differentiated because he is spirated, he's breathed out, he proceeds from the Father and the Son. And these seem like kind of esoteric, in the next few weeks we'll kind of straighten them out. So what we've been talking about is what's called the ontological trinity. There's, there's a couple of ways you can look at the trinity. 
One is the Trinity in its nature and being, which is what we've been doing. And I see a lot of blank looks. Hopefully, we'll clear this up in a couple of weeks, within the next couple of weeks. And the next, but I want to finish with what's called the economic Trinity. So I want to say something that somehow relates to your life, other than the really cool ideas that are hard to wrap your head around. So when we talk about the economic Trinity, we mean looking at the Trinity from the the perspective of how he relates to his creation, the, the God. So what we mean is this, and the evangelical faith is the most Trinitarian expression of Christianity. So what we're saying is, you know, in Ephesians where Paul talks about the Father who chose us in him before the foundation of the world? When we look at how the Trinity is related to us in terms of one of the most important thing is we say this. The Father plans salvation. The Son comes and, and accomplishes all things necessary for salvation. And the Spirit applies these things to us. So the entire Trinity is involved in the relation of the, the triune God to the Christian. And as we'll see um, in next week's, the whole world around us. So next week, roughly, we're going to look at, we're going to do a little bit of systematic theology. We're going to develop the Trinity from the Scripture. And the third week, we're going to talk about something which is rarely talked about, is what are the implications of the Trinity for not only the Christian, but the rest of the world? How does the Trinity actually influence the culture and reality?